Wall Street is full of corruption and it is baked in to every aspect of our society. MMT is a lens by which you assess all economic understanding at the macro level. In the 1900s, Lenin was predicting global finance capital would do all the things it's doing today. This was written over a hundred years ago. This is The Rogue Scholar with Steve Grumbine. All right, everybody, it is Steve with The Rogue Scholar, and we're going to talk about what's happening throughout the entirety of the progressive movement and, in general, the news. We're going to talk a little bit about censorship. We're going to talk a little bit about the Joe Rogan phenomenon and how so many have rallied to his podcast and watch his show, um, and, and really the larger picture of the media space and how we get to, instead of just being cynicism, you know, full of cynicism, and how we start getting back to solutions. Because I think so much of what's happening right now is a direct result of lies that have been told to us for years from our government, from our media, absolute just cynicism in general. And I think that we're at a point now where with, time being short that if we don't reef you know find a way to collectively build a solution we're in deep trouble and so you know joe rogan is not really the subject of today's talk um he's just a part of the story um the fact is is that millions upon millions of people listen to joe rogan like they listen to howard stern like they listen to rush limbaugh like they listen to any other talk show they just sit there smoke joint, drink beer, do whatever, and listen to whatever program they're listening to. Largely unremarkable. Um, but what is remarkable is that Joe Rogan represents that every man kind of thing, that every person, that rank and file, random individual, just sort of thinking out loud, just talking, saying things, uh, et cetera. I think where it gets challenging with Joe Rogan in particular is the fact that he has on all these different variety of guests. Um, sometimes they're really good guests. Sometimes they're, you know, Nazis even, right? Sometimes you've got crazy people. Sometimes you got them saying really stupid things. Uh, but that's part of the appeal, I guess, of the Rogan experience. It's not like some deep dive into some subject. You're not getting really deeply educated. What's happening is largely it's a calm, chill chatter box, right? But where it becomes challenging beyond that, and, and I've used this example before with Roseanne Barr coming back, uh, and Roseanne just drops a simple line on her sister about what is wrong with, so, you know, uh, having Medicare for all or whatever, and Roseanne basically says the only problem with socialism is eventually you run out of other people's money. And seems innocuous we've heard it a million times but what happens when you've got millions upon millions of people listening to the only problem with socialism is eventually you run out of other people's money i mean it's very subversive it's very under the surface but it's the type of thing that really kind of sticks in your brain really kind of sticks out in your brain and i think that ultimately if you understand the way propaganda works and not just propaganda from the establishment, but propaganda in general, right? Things that enter our brains subconsciously and then become part of what we say every day, part of what we do every day and so forth. Now, Bernie Sanders, when he came in, he gave us this like laundry list of programs. A lot of people had never even thought that it was possible to do those programs. So Bernie was a really novel idea because we have been so used to the corporate bred Democrat that had very, very small ideas, very, very minimal uh, expectations, and always ready to do something kind for Wall Street, never for Main Street. So, you know, I think about this and I say to myself, well, what exactly is it that we have today? And honest to God, we don't have any leaders right now. We have no one that's speaking plainly for the people. 
we have no one that is willing to take on the big names, the big lies and so forth without it being nihilistic. And this is a real problem because ultimately at the end of the day, you're left with reform or revolution or inertia right in the middle where you just accept the status quo and keep going without thought. But what we've got now is a largely nihilistic, uh, regressive, fact-free, fact-checking-free, non-truth-based, just talking, right? But you've got millions upon millions upon millions of people that listen to these things. And just as subversive as the idea of the only thing wrong with socialism is eventually you run out of other people's money, suddenly as you plant the seeds, you plant the seeds for everything that's wrong. You plant the seeds for every problem you see, but you never plant the seeds for the solutions. And so people stop. It's like short sheeting a bed. People stop thinking about the possibilities. And this is what the entirety of my life has been like, the impossibility of doing any major thing. Everything was like, just be grateful you've got a job. Just be grateful you've got this. Just be grateful you have a roof over your head. You, you know these like lines that we always tell each other, just be grateful. Well, we can do more than be grateful. There are real legitimate solutions out there, but they require 14 million people listening to those solutions instead of being led to a bridge that's built out into the middle of the ocean with no exit ramp, with no solutions at the end. And that's what a lot of our alt media has been doing is building these bridges into the middle of the ocean with nowhere to land, nowhere to land whatsoever. They don't have the first understanding about what revolution would take, how to organize a revolution, how to organize people in real ways to actually impact society. They have no idea what it means to stay committed to a thing and stay there and build and build and build. Instead, they're building from a position of nihilism, building from a position of, we still need the rich because you're lying to us and we need you to tell us the truth. We can't live without you telling us the truth. We can't live without the, the powers that be, the authorities to tell us what the truth is. And so we fall back into the alt media world. We fall back into these prognosticators like Howard Stern or uh, the opposite side in cases of Joe Rogan and so forth. And you cannot underestimate the power that someone with that size of a platform has to making an impact on the way everyone thinks. Now, I listened to a Joe Rogan show a while back where he had Tim Pool on, and they were laughing, laughing about spending money, the government spending money. They were mocking, where's the money going to come from? They were doing the Roseanne routine, right? Now, Joe Rogan has a huge following, and those listeners, those people need to be part of a larger solutions-based effort. I don't want to alienate them. I don't want to make them angry, although the truth tends to do that to people sometimes. I want to explain, though, that they have an incomplete story. You know, a government that lies to you and doesn't tell you straight or doesn't give clear directives during a pandemic, for example, is going to create an awful lot of cynics out there. I remember sitting there during 9-11 and running around with the anthrax scares. And I lived in Washington, D.C. at the time, so I got to see all the red days, the orange days, the yellow days, and it was terrifying. And I talked to my mom and dad, and it was very similar to what they had when they had the duck and cover during the uh, 60s and so forth, when they were busy talking about nuclear war. So you had the red scare that they were pumped full of. And we got the scare of terrorism. I mean, you were afraid to open your mail for fear that somebody had laced it with anthrax. 
and you go to the airport and you've got armed guards there and they're like literally staring around at you and you can't bring just a little vial of hand lotion because you might be bringing a contaminant that could blow up the plane. You know, you're, I don't know if you all remember this, walking through airports or whatever. You know, that was my job. It's not like I just get to randomly fly. But at the time, I flew a lot. I was a silver preferred on US Air, being a senior engineer at Verizon. So I got to go all over the country and talk about you know, technology and things like that. So I got to experience the entirety of that time period from an airplane. It's quite different, quite scary. It really was scary. I mean, you knew that you had to be there two hours at least in advance to go through all the extra security protocols. They had conditioned you to fear. And I understand that feeling with the COVID pandemic as well. Because I almost died from COVID. That's not a joke. Many of the followers of Real Progressives and my own supported me immensely. I'll never forget it. It was one of the most incredible moments of my life to be supported like that. But since that time, we have seen a tremendous divide come about based on people doing their own research and things like that. You know, we've got, like, I could drink lemon juice and I could probably drink vinegar and I could create a cleanser that would help clean my body out, make me piss a lot, whatever. It would probably help. I could put like some fiber in there and maybe shit a bunch, get a bunch of crap out of my colon. I'm sure it would do wonders for my health. But it's not a cure for a virus. It's not a cure for any of that. But could it help? Of course it could. So we get this like weird thing where we take a bit of truth, and we take another bit of truth, and we take a lie, and we bang on it, we poke at it, we show it. And then somehow or another, by osmosis, we turn these kind of partial truths into a truth, a universal truth that we stand behind no matter what. And unfortunately, sometimes the most biggest lies are the things we think we know, but just ain't so. Okay, I think that was a Twain quote. I worry immensely about our movement. I worry immensely about the left because the left is a working class movement. It has to be. It must be labor. It must be working class people coming together to present a unified front to build a future that we can all believe in. But what has happened, unfortunately, and this goes back to the beginnings of 2016, as we watched Hillary Clinton and the gang pillory the entire movement, you remember Donna Brazil in that famous moment where uh, uh, Jordan Sheraton was interviewing her on the floor of the DNC, where he busted her for giving the uh, questions to Hillary, et cetera. I mean, there's a lot of just distrust. And then during the protests there, you saw the instigators, the, the FBI people that they had inserted in the CIA, whoever the fuck they were. You know, the feds showing up in their black outfits, agitating, creating problems. You saw that during Disrupt J20, and you saw that through the Occupy inauguration period as well. So the government doesn't want us to unite. There's no question about that. Because the government is co-opted. It's captured by big moneyed interests. It protects capital. So it's easy to understand why anyone in the media that speaks against the government or speaks against the things that we see, why we would elevate them because they seem like a risk taker. They seem like they're, you know, they're cut from the same cloth. And I'm not here to tell you who to listen to and not to listen to. Shit, I listen to Megadeth and Dave Mustaine's the biggest libertarian around. I, I wouldn't listen to the man to, to inform my voting for a minute, but I enjoy the hell out of their riffs. I enjoy their music. You know, I, there's a lot of folks out there that I enjoy their music. I like Neil Young's music, but I don't like a lot of that boomer hippie crowd's politics these days. They've become the establishment. So there's a desire for discernment 
in who we pick. And sometimes the enemy of my enemy is not necessarily my friend. Because the most challenging thing we have to do in this time period is not deify more people, not deify the rich, not deify our elected servants, public servants, if you believe that they're even really there to serve, if you don't believe that they're uh, crisis actors that have been put in front of us to prop up a straw man fake government that hides the work of the oligarchy, which I'm very strangely very much believing. It really comes down to what is the solution? You got to identify the correct problem and then you've got to identify solutions. And then you've got to get people to believe in the solution, to organize around that, to move forward. Guys like Rogan, I would never want to censor them because you, the minute you start censoring them, you create new demigods. You create gods because people rally around that shit one way or the other. They rally around it. And it's unfortunate. It's extremely unfortunate. Not that there's anything wrong with listening to somebody. But what is a problem is, is that when we deify them and give them gravitas, and then all of a sudden they're saying things to a huge audience and it misleads them. But because they were anti-establishment, they were given the pass similar to the way Democrats give Democrats a pass because the D in front of their name. I've watched many people that I would have once considered to be fellow travelers. And I hope to God someday to be fellow travelers yet again. But I also recognize that they're not fighting for the same thing I'm fighting for anymore. See, because this comes back to the reformer revolution perspective once again. If you're not ready to be a real revolutionary and you're not ready to disrupt for real, you're not ready to organize, you're not ready to do the necessary things to do to have a revolution. Well, there's nothing necessarily wrong with that if that's who you are and that's where you are. Society as a whole will let us know when it's time, if it's time ever, to replace a corrupt government. Because it isn't going to be one or two people that can do this. It's going to require a movement. It's going to require people. And it's, every revolution is not violent. Sometimes it's an intellectual revolution. But we're not ready for that. And you could see it everywhere. Because what's happened is we've gotten to the cynicism position. We're all cynical. And maybe that's a necessary step in the arc of revolution to become cynical. Maybe that's it. Maybe you've got to get to that point to be able to really, really lay out some of the necessities of paving the way for a working class revolution. Maybe it is, I don't know. But I will tell you this, these kinds of Rogan moments that have captured everyone's attention, this demand to not censor, which I agree with at some level, is sort of misguided, and I want to explain why. See, I, I'm a big believer in nationalizing these services. I don't want them to have a profit motive tied to them. I don't want private actors to be able to censor us that are unaccountable plutocrats. I want a government that actually represents we the people. We don't have that, though. So if we don't have a means of being informed, if we don't have a means of actually organizing, if we don't have a means of being able to create energy and create movements without the fear of it being clamped down on, we're never going to be able to make any progress because it is very clear the violence committed on we the people by these corporations and these lobbyists. I mean, think about, just go back to Bob Dole for a minute. Bob, I'm Bob Dole, Bob Dole, Bob Dole, right? Bob Dole says, Bob Dole says cigarettes aren't addictive. 
Well, fuck you too, Bob Dole, because I can tell you right now, two packs a day of Camelite Wads, my ass was going to die very quickly. And I couldn't stop smoking. And you all, I know some of you smoke still, and some of you have quit smoking. That shit was fucking hard to quit. That is maybe the hardest thing I've ever quit in my life with cigarettes. But Bob Dole said cigarettes aren't addictive. Bob Dole. I'm Bob Dole, right? But what happens when our alternative media stops serving us and starts serving themselves, start serving for clicks and likes, start just building cynicism without building solutions? And you've got this huge swath of people that now have de facto gatekeepers blocking information, blocking other content, blocking uh, other information from coming through. I mean, some of your favorite alt media people are out there telling us that if you print more money, it's going to cause inflation. If you print more money, it's going to debase the currency. This is what your alt media folks are saying, and many of you are listening to them. They're telling you to buy Bitcoin. They're telling you to do this. They're telling you to do that. It's libertarian bullshit, right? And yet at the same time, though, who's the fact checker? Who's the one countering that? They're not giving equal time. They're not really seeking truth. They are out there positioning this stuff. Yeah, I remember last year when I was on Jimmy Dore. I had 15 minutes in the limelight. I gave a coherent MMT explanation, had a huge audience. I was like, wow, this is huge, huge audience, right? But then like the next day or two, he has that guy, Max, the Bitcoin guy on there talking about how the dollar's going to collapse and we're all going to die by Bitcoin. I'm like, what the fuck? There was no mention of the things I talked about the night before. It wasn't like he kept it inside of him and used it to say, well, wait a minute, hold on now. No, it was like, eh, next show, moving on. And 10 million people are sitting there watching this stuff or however many. And my inbox was filling up, hey, Jimmy didn't retain anything you told him that day. Whatever, right? Disappointing ain't going to lie. I was on the convo couch for two hours. And it's funny, if you ever get a chance, look, look up the convo couch at the Grumbine MMT one. I, Craig was very dialed in. I got to give Craig credit. But Fiorella looked like uh, there were people in the chat saying Fiorella needs a Red Bull to wake up. I mean, she was like, oh, my God, she couldn't have snoozed more. She was it's like I was putting her feet to sleep. I was on a hard lens. I did a MMT thing. Go check it out. You go find hard lens and find Grumbine. I'm out there, too, on that. Those guys don't talk MMT. No one does. It's like they stop. Why? Why Why did that crew stop speaking about MMT? Why did they start talking about debasing the currency? Why did they start talking about all this other right-wing monetarist shit? I mean, seriously. And that's huge amount of people hearing right-wing economics. Oh, it's, it's going to debase the currency, man. You're just printing more money. Well, dude, you heard me. I explained that that's not what's happening. I told you what is happening. I demonstrated what is happening. And yet you're out there still talking about debasing the fucking currency. What, what, what is that all about? Who the fuck does that? So when you got Joe Rogan out there talking about ivermectin, and he's got 14 million people listening to him, Remember Roseanne's story once again. The impact of that cannot be misunderstood. I mean, that's a huge impact, period. I'm not telling you he's responsible for anybody doing something stupid. I'm telling you that one way or the other, good or bad, that's a huge, huge swath of people that heard that thing and there was no counter. And if you provide a counter, let me tell you what's bad about this nihilistic action here. If you provide a counter, you're immediately lumped. Now, if you've ever heard me, you know I'm not sitting there singing hallelujah for the Democratic Party. But yet, the, the go-to low 
info bullshit responses. Oh, another Democratic bootlicker. How's your Biden doing? Her, her, her. Loser, right? I mean, anybody does that. Loser. L, the big old L. Loser, right? Because there is another, there's another angle here, right? And it's the angle that we go back to the original Bernie Sanders. Forget whether Bernie sold you out. Forget whether Bernie's a freaking lapdog for the establishment. Forget all that shit. What Bernie did was he gave us a direction. He gave us this platform. And that platform addressed everything from healthcare to childcare to student debt. The one thing it didn't cover was reparations. And I think that cost Bernie any chance of the black vote, unfortunately. Because reparations is very doable as well. The point is, none of that shit was necessarily going to pass with Bernie. But it got us thinking about solutions to problems. And then you add in the MMT angle and it gave us a way to pay for it. So now all of a sudden you knew that the enemy was blocking this. The enemy was blocking this. You don't see Joe Rogan talking about MMT, but you'll have him have a million Bitcoiners on there. That's a huge miss. Why isn't Stephanie Kelton on Joe Rogan? I'll go on Joe Rogan if he doesn't want an academic on there. If he just wants somebody to talk. Why not Fadal Kaboob? Why not have this radical, heterodox, revolutionary economic theory put forward in front of 14 million people instead of just a nonstop deluge of ivermectin and Coinbase crypto? Ask yourself, why not? I look at all the other alternative media people and I say, why the fuck aren't you doing this on the daily? You know what I mean? Like, seriously, like the point I'm making here is when you watch mainstream media and you flip on CNN, which God, thank God I don't do. Okay. I don't, I, you know what? I'm going to tell you the truth. I don't even try to do it. I'm so sick of those shows. It's not funny. I have disconnected from MSM for a long time now. But when you listen to them, they give you half a picture. They paint out stuff. They start telling you who the bad guy is, Ukraine this or Russia that or China this or China that, you know, at what cost are they going to mask them? At what cost are they going to do this, that, and the other? They start off guiding you away from the truth. They start off coloring your perspective. And it's subtle and it's very, very minimalist and it slips in undetected unless you've got eyes to see. And then it becomes your talking point. And if it's not your talking point, you start questioning whether or not there's validity in it. And so when I see a guy like Rogan, I say entertainment. Fuck it, entertainment. I listen to Metallica. I listen to Meshuga. I listen to Slayer. I think I even listen to a band called Goat Whore. <laughs> you know, I mean, there's a whole bunch of wild-ass bands out there I listen to. I don't sit there and wait for them to tell me who to vote for. But that's not what I'm talking about here. I'm talking about a larger thing. Joe Rogan just happens to be easy because he's got a huge, huge audience. Jimmy Dore has a huge, huge audience. And you look at TYT that has a huge, huge dying audience. And they're pushing certain narratives pushing certain narratives, each one pushing certain narratives. There's no balance usually. And then when they do have a little bit of balance, it's forgotten the next show. So who is it that's going to lead the organizing and revolutionary-minded behaviors that set up the parallel systems to really, really address what's going on in our government today? It's not going to be alternative media unless alternative media starts really being serious about this instead of trying to get likes and clicks. It's not going to be a Joe Rogan because he's just going to tell you what's wrong. So that could be a Jimmy Dore because Jimmy Dore's focused so much on beating down the squad and talking about ivermectin and so forth. 
he slipped the plot. He's lost. There's nothing else that they're talking about. That's it. I mean, there's other things. Don't get me wrong. But my point is, is that it's become a thing. And without using the C word cult, it's not a cult. That's not it. But it becomes a mass minded thing. It's not a movement, but it kind of becomes like the color which we filter all other information through. And if they're not out there pushing solutions and working at the organizing angle of this, if everything is just owning shit libs, we don't stand a real chance. We don't really stand a chance. So, you know, I'll give you another example. And when I learned MMT, it took a lot of effort for me to realize what the difference was with a currency issuer and a currency user. I didn't realize that states, because, you know, when you get your pennies and stuff like that, you look and it says Illinois, it's the mint that was created or, or Chicago or Washington or whatever, whatever, the, whatever they have it on there, right? All the different quarters it has where it came from. So I never even thought about the fact that the states weren't actually currency issuers. This didn't dawn on me that the federal government is the only currency issuer and that the states have to wait for the government to spend money into the economy for them to have money or they're borrowing it from banks. That was one of those wake-up calls that I didn't know. And I certainly wouldn't have found out any of the stuff I've learned from listening to Joe Rogan or Jimmy or Fiorell and the gang or any of them, even Jordan back then. I wouldn't have even learned it. And I love Jordan. You all know that. I'm with him every Tuesday over at Status Quo. but they didn't talk about it. And it took a long time to get folks to talk about it. I fucking would sit there and drop the elbow of truth. And by the way, that's the thing at the end of this show, you'll see a thing with a guy dropping the elbow down. That's old school, Steve, 2015, 2016 elbow of truth stuff. So for those people that are really, really OG with RP, that's where that comes from. From new people that hadn't heard that stuff, I used to always talk about dropping the elbow of truth from the top rope, from the turnbuckle, being goofy as fuck, right? Well, we want to bring a little bit of that back because we we want people to be entertained while we fill their mind with hopefully filled with truth and solutions. But if you don't have that and you don't have a leader guiding us back to the Bernie Sanders platform, forget Bernie, the platform, the fucking platform should be true north for us. Because unless we're ready to burn it down and revolt for real, for real, folks, for real which you all aren't, most aren't, most aren't, don't, you could say you're a revolutionary and I'll be right there with you, but I tell you what, when the push comes to shove and your face is dirty and your house has got half a husk burned out of it and people have run through with guns and stuff and all of a sudden we got like civil war going on, that revolution that you're thinking about? No, most people don't think that far and the autistic kid that doesn't have care now because the buildings that were taking care of him are gone. I mean, you're not thinking about that. You're not ready for it. But if you were ready for it, I'd be right there with you. But you're not. And so we're not. So that means we have to look at what do we do to keep people alive today? And that's the plan. That's the plan that Bernie gave us. He gave us that. So when you talk about censoring information, the First Amendment, who does that protect us from? Does that protect us from a private business? saying, hey, you can't scream fire in a movie theater? Oh, that's a federal law, I think. (laughs) Uh, Does it protect you from walking up to somebody in a restaurant and calling them uh, a piece of shit or some other trope? And they say, get out of my establishment. No, it doesn't. They're perfectly allowed to kick your ass out of their establishment. Now, it's not radio. And it's not Spotify and it's not YouTube, but they're censoring that. They're saying, not in my house. Somebody walks in your house and says, hey, I want to tell your wife she looks like a piece of shit. I'm like, get the fuck out of my house. Like, no, you're not censoring my ass. I'm going to tell her what I think. She got a fat ass. She got a big gut. I don't like her hair. Hey, you smell like shit, dude. Go take a shower. Get out of my house. You're censoring me. Don't censor me. 
I mean, there's just rules. Exactly. Yes. Yes. Life has rules. And so when we're talking about censorship, you're talking about these platforms. And these platforms are run by capitalist oligarchs that want to make money. And if businesses see these things happening, because that's where their money's coming from, they're not going to pay for advertising on them. They're not going to do that stuff. So what are they going to do? They're going to censor it. <clears throat> but one of the th things that you've seen out there, and I believe this, because the rise of fascism around the world, not just in the U.S., look at Bolsonaro in Brazil. The rise of fascism, all these freaking fools, the Ben Shapiros, the Jordan Petersons, all these freaking incels. These guys out there are really, really making short work of getting tons of views. I mean, they have more views than any lefty in this country. And let me just tell you, people, there's nothing worse than somebody trying to say Joe Biden's a lefty. Because if you're a lefty, you know Joe Biden ain't your tribe, right? But yet, that's what happens. That's how they put it out there. And so the only person that can actually really fuck with your First Amendment rights is the federal government. That's the only one that is protected by the Constitution is the federal government. We don't have a right to be on anyone's house and talk shit. We don't have a right to being on anyone's platform and do what the rules are the rules. I hate it. So if we want to do better, we've got to have either A, nationalize that shit, and then it's protected because the federal government can't step on your free speech. They can't do that. So nationalizing these things, not a bad plan, right? But we need the fairness doctrine. We need the fairness doctrine back. We need to have a balance. There's got to be some balance. Now, I don't believe in balance in the sense of just random balance. Oh, well, you know, you told me water is wet. Well, this guy over here is telling me it's dry and we need balance. Fuck that. Don't be an asshole. Okay. But there is a need for discourse in this country. There is a need for working through things. And there is a need for regular people to be heard, no matter how absurd they sound. And there is a need to question authority, no matter how righteous they sound. Because we have a right to try to learn, to process information, not just to hear it and accept it and go, yes, sir, I am Borg, sir. What's it? I wish I had that little gif of the dude from the Chappelle show, the robot guys. <laughs> I think that would be hilarious. But ultimately, if we don't nationalize these things, we don't have any protection because they're private platforms that are not controlled by the First Amendment. And so Neil Young, for whether you like him or not, private dude, private property, you love him, you hate him, doesn't matter, private property, right? Very, very non-socialist thing, this private property thing but private property. He has a choice. He has a right to say, I'm yanking my shit out if you keep letting this guy be on your private platform. And you have a choice of not listening to Neil Young anymore. You have a right to say, hey, fuck you, Neil. But he has a right to say, fuck you. I don't want to be a part of what I consider to be a misinformation factory that you obviously are co-signing Spotify. He has a right to do that, whether you like it or not. I am a huge champion of central planning. What can I say? I got the big C on my forehead, not even an S, the big C, okay? But with that in mind, I think, I think everyone has a right to come and go as they please in a free country right? We aren't a free country, but we have that right. 
And whether or not we like a person's decision or not, yeah, it doesn't really make fucking make a difference, does it? Doesn't really make a difference whether you like it or not. What makes a difference is what you do with the information, what you do with it, right? But none of the things that we're facing right now, none of them can be handled alone. None of these issues can be handled alone. We are not powerful enough in our army of one to handle it all by ourselves. This is why unions require a lot of people, a lot of members to take action. And sometimes if you're in the union, you don't like everything that's going on, but you work together in solidarity. We've got to get to a point where we get back to the plan, the Bernie Sanders plan, what the left is. We don't, unless you're ready for revolution, we're not going to have a socialist country or anything like that without a revolution. It's not going to happen. Capitalism and all the bullshit from neoliberalism has been so baked into every single thing that we do, every single thing that we do, that unless you have a massive re-education program, massive movement of educating people use these elections as an opportunity to educate not just pontificate but educate to organize and not just door knocking have you seen my favorite candidate doesn't he look great educate about mutual aid educate about what strategic direct action could take how we could set up local organizing so that we could be impacting the local level too. I mean, not just, have you seen this candidate I'm supporting now? Now, the problem is this, every single bill that we want to see, we want to do away with the duopoly. So we need a bill passed to do away with the duopoly to get rid of the first past the post system. You got to pass it through Congress, right? You see a problem there yet? And if you have a constitutional convention to get rid of money and blah, 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 well, guess what? The last 50 years, the Chicago school, maybe even 60 years, the Milton Friedmans, the Mount Pelerin Society, all those folks, they have been working their asses off, their asses off to get state houses, get local judges, to build the bench for neoliberal libertarian thinking self-centered self-seeking at its extreme and so when you see our friends and stuff falling into libertarian-minded stuff it's no question where it came from it's been in the works for a long long time but we've got to organize against that and you can't organize against something that your people don't even realize is a problem. They don't even understand it. They still think the word neoliberal is equivalent to a Democrat. That's what they believe. They don't realize that it's Republicans and Democrats and the entire system that we're in is not just capitalism. It's the extreme pursuit of privatization. That is not capitalism. That is a separate layer above capitalism. And you could see as we export this belief system around the world, as they try to privatize the UK's medical care, as they try to privatize Australia's universal health care, as they try to even further privatize in Canada. And then you see Biden right now pushing to make student debt even harder to discharge by going back to the courts and doubling down. He's not actively trying to eliminate student debt, but we're not organizing around it. Why? because we're focused on fucking infotainment. We want to be pleased. We want to be laughed at. We want to have fun. We want to enjoy our media experience. This is the problem, folks. I wish that these folks had a compass and they set their compass and let it point to true north always. But they don't. 
they're like a compass without a magnetic base. It's just There's no solutions coming. They're they're telling you all the problems, bad, 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 no pro, no solutions. And there's this bridge half built into the middle of the Pacific Ocean or into the Atlantic Ocean. So I look at this and I say to myself, A, number one, you don't like censorship. I don't like censorship. We've got to find a way to either nationalize these social media applications and these video systems and so forth. Or we've got to build our own. I know there's Panquake and I know there's other ones out there. But folks, you know, what's that saying? If a tree falls in the woods, did it make any noise? Well, if no one's there to hear it, I don't know. And if nobody hears the messages, what difference does it make? It's amazing to me how the incels of the world have such huge, huge audiences. The nihilists have huge, huge audiences. They're not building you any kind of solutions. They're there just being edgy like they got a freaking boner from being a 13-year-old and they've creamed their pants. And they don't even know what the hell they're talking about. This is how bad it's gotten. It's low-information bullshit. And people don't want to learn. I don't know what it is, man. I'm a voracious reader. I don't know why. But I know that isn't the norm. People are not voracious. They sit there and they get just this much. They read fucking people reading a headline of a damn post or a headline of a video. And before they've even watched it or before they've read it, they're like, all caps, caps lock. Right? They don't even bother doing the deep dive. Why? Because we are a low information fast food society and these infotainment demigods that we're creating feed that, fuel that. Now, I, I binge watch shit on Netflix. I do. I admit it. I binge watch shit on, you know, streaming apps all the time, but usually at night. But the point I'm making here is, is that if we're not filling our minds with things that will help us organize and help us defeat the powers that be, if all we're doing is nihilistic thinking and not building on the other side of that, we're really failing ourselves. So the issue here with me, with Joe Rogan and the rest of the alt media crew is when you sit there and you just poke, 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 but don't fill any of the holes in. If all you're doing is poking, you're creating a very, very stunted mindset, a very stunted universal mind, hive mind. You're creating a stunted hive mind that is cynical, but doesn't have the solutions. I want to see us get back to the solutions. That's the message of today. The censorship has got to stop, but the way to do that is to nationalize or create our own platforms. I would like to see us put pressure on anti-monopoly behavior. I would like to see us take the time to fight the right battles, the antitrust battles, to make it so these Silicon Valley oligarchs don't have this much power over us. But until then, I'm here to remind you that just being cynical is not a substitute for intelligence. It's not a substitute for action. It's not a substitute for organizing. And I think people stop way too soon. They stop at the headline. They stop at the infotainment. All kinds of piss and vinegar until they break out their video games. They won't go that next step to organize. They won't do the dirty work of administrating, of, of doing the things that have to be done to make effective change happen outside of the electoral process. They won't do it. And part of that 
is by design because the powers that be have made life hell for us. But part of that is also that we have been dumbed down to the point where a headline's enough information for us. If we can't read it in a meme, it's too hard for us. We're t- it's, t- it's too too over our heads if it's not in a meme. And I feel like much of the alt-media crowd and even to some degree Joe Rogan feed that. And I'm here to ask you all, if you want to enjoy that stuff, knock yourself out. Like I said, I listen to my own stuff too. But when you realize that they're not giving you a complete picture and you realize that they're stopping short of solutions and they're just pointing out the problems and they're fear-mongering and stuff like that for likes and clicks, discern that shit and make a different decision. Or if you're going to stay there, at least know you didn't get the full story. And don't be a worthless piece of shit and confuse what I just said as suckling into the establishment. I'm telling you that there is an anti-establishment view that is smart too, that is intellectually decent, that is full of rigor, that doesn't short sheet the bed and doesn't just read headlines. You can be that person. You can be knowledgeable. You don't have to choose the low info path. And I'm asking all of you to try because we are not going to organize any kind of future. We are stuck just bitching at the world. We may as well be screaming in the mirror with our fists in the air if we're not going to really do the hard work of organizing. Strategic, not just pissed, but strategic. Anyway, just want to clear something up too. Um, this is it. I'm, I'm going to move on. I'm going to get off of this. I got to get to work. Lunchtime's over. Saturday morning, Vincent Huang will be talking to us about China on Macro and Cheese Podcast. Please check it out. You also see the next week, Yan Ling, she'll be coming on board. She's going to be talking about China as well. Folks, we've got a lot of China to talk about because there's a lot of disinformation out there, and we're here to clear it up for you. And with that, Steve Grumbine, the Rogue Scholar with Real Progressives and Real Progress in Action. Have a great day, everybody. I am out of here. The Rogue Scholar is a production of Real Progressives. If you would like to support our work, please visit patreon.com slash realprogressives.